Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy. Interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood? Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Welcome, everybody. This is Mark Hummel, and this is Mark Hummel's Harmonica Party. And I am in Trinidad, Colorado with my buddy, Tad Robinson, who hails from, uh, are you from Indianapolis or just outside? Well, I live in a small college town, Greencastle, Indiana now. I'm originally from New York City, way oh, back okay. in the day. And uh, went out to the Midwest when I was uh, about college age, and I've stayed in Chicago, Indiana, ever since then. So okay. my roots are out, out in the East Coast, but it's been a long time. I moved away from New York when I was about 18. And for those that don't know, Tad is one of the preeminent soul and blues vocalists in the country, if not the world. He's recorded uh, many recordings for both Delmark and Severn Records solo recordings and uh, you had a, 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 a there was a recent Delmark project yeah. you did with, uh, with yeah. Ken Sadak. We, we, we did kind of a reunion with when I used to live in Chicago I worked a lot with uh, Steve Freund, Ken Sadak, Harlan Turson, Marty Bender among other people. Right. That's when I worked a lot with Dave Spector and uh, so somebody got the idea a few years ago to get that team back together and we uh, the Delmark Records is at 4121 North Rockwell Avenue in Chicago. And so we thought we would name the band Rockwell Avenue Blues Oh, band, okay. Right. Uh, in case people didn't get that that private joke. But uh, yeah, so we, we reunited at uh, Rockwell Avenue at the Delmark Studios and we, we cut a record. And uh, it's always great to play with people uh, like Steve Freund and, and that rhythm section of Harlan Turson and, and Marty Bender, they've, they've worked with hundreds of artists. We were in a band together called Big Shoulders. Oh, back I forgot in the about 80s. that. And yeah. uh, that was really Ken's band. And I was, uh, I, I was a singer in that band. And um, Now wasn't there a harp player in that Ron Soren, right. great harmonica right. player. Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting kind of an Americana right. album. And uh, some blues, some so there was some uh, kind of folky aspect to it. And uh, Ken was most most of all the writer for that band. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, so we go way back. So uh, this is fun to be in in Colorado. And you've done this festival numerous times. I have. Yeah. This festival started back in 1999. This is Trinidadio. Yeah, the Trinidadio Blues Festival in Trinidad, Colorado. You know. 20, 22 years later, 23 yeah. years later, yeah. and uh, they're still 
going strong. And tonight you'll do the James Cotton uh, tribute with that with the great band that you have assembled here. And right. Sugar Ray Rayford is here. And um, we had a great time last night with you on the gig. Man. That you know, yeah. it yeah. you know, like I was when you're thrust into that kind of situation. You know, a lot of hard players do that. You know, it's just like show up and you have your bag of tricks and you have the backing band, but um, it, you know, it's like flying without a, a net, you right. know, for, <laughs> to a certain extent. Right. But, but you know, people speak the same language and they know, yeah. you know, they, they kind of can, you know, great musicians like what, what you have with you here with uh, right. Rico McFarland right. and Tom Holland and, right. and, and the Mac Guys brothers. that you already knew. Well, I knew Rico and Tom. Right. I did not know the Mac the brothers, this section. great yeah. rhythm section, but I've known yeah. Rico and Tom for, for years mm -hmm. because of... Uh, our Chicago connection. Cause I lived, like I said, I grew up in New York, then I moved to Indiana, but I, then we moved to, my wife and I, or my wife Amy and I moved to Chicago for about 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, and what years did you move? That was like 84 to 94, something okay, like that. Cause that was a good time there. for, there was still quite a bit. There, you know what, going when on. I moved yeah. to Chicago within, you know, I, I was uh, stocking shelves at a liquor store Mm -hmm. And kind of you know trying to get get one foot in front of the other, but very soon after that, uh, there was a lot of club work that right. was just there, and you know you meet the talent pool in a given city. Like that's when I met my brothers, you know Steve Freund and right. Dave Spector and, and Ken Sadak and and uh, John McDonald and Marvin Jackson and any number of people, Bob Hallage, who uh, just various people. Uh, Worked with Larry Bell on guitar. Worked with Byther Smith a few times. You know, mm -hmm. just the the uh, the usual suspects in in that talent pool. And uh, there was club work to be had. I mean, I was working like five, six, seven clubs within within the first year. Wow. You know, living yeah. there, it wasn't. Uh, I mean, there was a there was a pretty thriving blues scene. I right. thought. You know, some right. people would say, "Oh, it was nothing like it was." You know, in the sixties. Yeah, yeah, right. But, <laughs> You know, for, yeah, for, you for my purposes yeah. and getting to a new city and um, and and getting my feet wet in that scene. And then Dave Spector kind of recruited me to be the singer and harp player in his band. Right. This was about 92. I know. I met him in 89 when I first went to Chicago okay. and I saw Freund and okay. Sunnyland and he, he was there that night. Okay. And he kind of showed me yeah. around. I remember the first... Two, three days I was in Chicago. Yeah, Dave, well, did, yeah. Dave, well, Dave, you know, he was born and bred in Chicago and he, right. he knows that city and he he has a lot of influence in that city and the blues world. And, yeah. uh, but he was kind of a great of, player. Well, he, he was, was just sort of, starting out. He was then. sort of one of uh, Freund's protégés yeah, right. when I met him. Yep, he, he, he was taking some lessons with, with Steve mm -hmm. and then he became, you know, he went off and developed his own voice as a guitar player, which... Right. Is something that hard it, to do. It, it, it is because so many yeah. guitar players, you know, end up sounding like maybe like their heroes, right. but they don't have their own distinctive right. style. I mean, that's hard on any instrument. Yeah, I would, you know, but but he, yeah, he really kind of went toward a jazz. Yep, kind of a jazz. And, and he movie. writes really great little yeah. instrumentals and right. almost like soundtracky, very groovy, uh, mm -hmm. jazzy instrumentals, and he's gone on to record with so many people, but. He gave me kind of my start uh, with Delmark, bringing me in to do that record, Bluplicity, where we uh, 
we, we did that. And then shortly after, I remember, I remember Bob Kester at Delmark said, you won't make a ton of money at this label, but you'll go to Europe and it'll be a good stepping stone for, for other things in your career. Right. And within about four or five months, we did go and do a live record in Europe. We did the Bremen All uh, in Bremen, Germany. Right. And we did a live record there. And we met up with uh, our friends, the Blue Shacks. Oh, yeah, a yeah. A German yeah. outfit yeah. that has become like one of the biggest on the continent over there. Yeah. They're a pretty yeah. big blues band there. Great players, great friends right. of mine. Right. And it's interesting because when you start meeting musicians in other parts of the world, then you, you get their little flavor. I mean, even in the States, you know, yeah. you go out to the West Coast and they play a certain way. You go to Chicago and they play a certain way. And, you know, I like to, uh, you know, I, I like to just hear what's going on in different scenes. And I've been fortunate enough that, you know, some folks will have me as a guest, you know, and, and so I can go and kind of venture out and, and play my music with, with other people. So that's been really a, a gift. So Bob Kester was right. I mean, the Delmark connection set that ball in motion. And then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I'm going to Germany, I'm going to France, Belgium, Holland, right. Scandinavia, Eastern Europe. Uh, and, and one thing, it's just like playing anywhere. Once you do a gig, then someone hears you and they go, oh, can you come and do our gig? You right, know? right, and hopefully right. they ask you back and that, you build a circuit, you know. And you just got back from, from a year ago, I, I was right? in Finland uh, about three weeks ago in, right. in Estonia, and we did uh, a nice 10-day run. We did like, we did eight eight shows in, in nine days. I had air trouble, got there a day late, but thank heaven, you you know, you usually pad your trip so that right, right. that extra day up in front, yeah. and I needed it because I would have yeah. missed the Estonia Festival, wow. which was kind of the linchpin of the whole trip. That was right. that was really the the sweetest gig, yeah. and it was first, right? And and it involved two flights, a, a, a drive, and a ferry. Wow! And everything, the timing had to be Jeez. perfect. If the ferry yeah. schedule had been just off, I would have probably missed oh, being there yeah. in time. You know. So that's stress that no one needs. That is, but, yeah. But, mo you know, knock on wood, uh, most of the travels somehow come together, as you know. I mean, right. You know, you just have to uh, just hope that the connections can be made right. and that everybody shows up. Because yeah. that would have been disappointing to yeah. miss, the, like, kind of the, the sweetest gig. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. And not yeah. to mention the repercussions financially right. that, you know, every, there would have been a lot of... It was kind of a mess. And then you just <laughs> did something with uh, with Ray and Sugar and Ray. Before and, uh, the the, uh, the Finland thing and the right. Estonia thing, about three weeks earlier, I was in Italy doing a blues um, workshop right. and jam sessions, as it was billed, in, uh, near Torino, um, Italy, in Castagnola Pimonte, Italy, which is a small town, but... Uh, it's the home of the great uh, Hammond player, Alberto Marsico. Right. He's really a treasure yeah. in, in yeah, Italy. He's great. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. He's a wonderful player, great yeah. accompanist for a singer. Yeah. I mean, just really in tune, sensitive musician yeah. to work with. But he puts on this um, blues workshop where um, most of the people that, that went to it were uh, pro, like, professional musicians or really good musicians, but who wanted to learn more about blues, R&B, American music. So they're right. Europeans in Germany, France, Holland, you know, yeah. uh, but who, who came to Italy to this very scenic, peaceful town 
to stay for a week and have these intense workshops. So, you know, Duke Robillard and Alex Schultz handled the guitar workshops and they had a lot of students. They probably had 20, they probably had 20 students wow. or more yeah. to split between them. And then uh, Sugar Ray Norcia and I uh, did the vocals and the harmonica workshops. Um, but Cat Ward handled the bass. Right. Mark Tajira was the drum uh, coach, and um, and Alberto did keys. Right. So so you had people really, you know, for a week, um, really steeped in this uh, learning and sharing, and then jam sessions, and then at the end of the week, the students give a concert, and then the teachers give a concert. Sounds so, amazing. So it was really yeah. nice for me to be able to you know, work great. with Duke Robillard. Sure. We, yeah. I did you know, four songs with that unit, with right. Mudcat and Mark and Duke and Alex right. and Alberto. Yeah. And, and uh, you know. And Alex uh, Schultz you've worked with. And Alex Schultz. Ton, well, yeah. well, we go back because we yeah. both grew up in New York and we oh, used to play okay. music as teenagers. I didn't know that. Alex, um, when I met him, he was about 17, 16, 17, 18. He was playing a big hollow body and he was very immersed in uh, like Tal Farlow, George Benson, um, uh, more legit Well, he took jazz. lessons from, from George Barnes. Right, he? he studied with, with George right. Barnes. That's amazing. Right, so he was really phrasing and playing in more of a uh, I was trying to think of Kenny Burrell as another influence, yeah. but but so, and then I kind of came along and and was blowing harp, and he's like, you know, what's that? And he started hearing Robert Lockwood and 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 people like that. You know, he started hearing Sonny Boy Williamson, right? And not so much Little Walter because I at that point I was playing more like more in a Junior Wells, right. Sonny Boy Williamson, you know, Rice Miller, yeah, vein, and so he started hearing what you do behind harp as right. a guitar player. Wow. Which, as you know, is so integral to what we do. Oh, yeah. And what the, I mean, the way I look at it is so many of the great harmonica instrumentals, you know, things like Off the Wall or Juke or, you know, you know anything you want to name about right. it. They're, to me, they're almost less harmonica solos as duets because right. what the they guitar are. part is yeah. doing. Very interwoven. It, exactly. Yeah. So it's like you can't really play that without having the information in the band and, and the band itself. It, it's, right. it's more than just, you know, the guitar, but that's so crucial. Oh, it is. Absolutely. And so Alex was really, I mean, I planted that seed in him to think of, oh, okay, if Tad's going to blow harmonica, what should I be playing? Right. And then he learned um, some of those things like from King Biscuit time or from the Arhuli Big Walter right. with Johnny Young or, right. you know, just hearing what does a guitar player play? How does he come behind harp? And then, of course, you know, he became the guitarist with Rod Piazza and, and William, William Clark. Clark. Yeah, so playing became, with William Clark was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So he became yeah. like he took that and became, you know, an expert, right. so to speak, right. on that, yeah. which is such a small niche. In, in the music world, I mean, you take the music world, then you take the blues world, then you take the blues world that includes harmonica. <laughs> and guitar, and, 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 yeah, and, yeah, and it's then, really, you know, it's, it is tiny, But he became yeah. really good at, at yeah. that, that, right. that skill. And, you know, you could look around the world and, uh, I mean, 
there are some states, there's probably not a guy that really is good at no, that. So you, you have to that skip right. like three or yeah. four states over. Oh, That's there's right. there's a guy in, That's you know, right. yeah. in it's San Francisco. Rare, it's you know. a very rare thing, yeah. Yeah, sure and, you know, so it's kind of inside baseball, but it is interesting. Yeah. Uh, and, and it makes it hard for if you're doing this kind of music, um, like in my town where I live in Indianapolis, we have Paul Holtman and uh, then there's a guy named Gordon Bonham. They're both very established and uh, great musicians and, and great players. And they know like that that genre. Right. But if like when I'm doing gigs locally, if I can't get either one of those guys, you're kind then screwed. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. few others. I, yeah. I'm, I, you know what I yeah. mean, I'm being a little harsh, but. Yeah. But uh, yeah, sometimes you might as well just leave the harp home. <laughs> you know. Well, you're you're really known yeah. as a, you're known so much as a vocalist because of your your soul your soul vocals, and and I mean you know at the same time it's it's like you started in blues. It sounds like. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. I mean I did, and and I kind of branched off, and I I've, I've been playing harp since I was you know a little kid. Just, right. You know, yeah. And, and you're a great harp. Thank you, man. I mean, yeah, I, you, you know, you, I, you really don't give yourself I'm, the credit you should be. I well, you know, I because you really I hear the player. difference. You know, I mean, I really admire these. You know, these some of these guys like like yourself and Kyle Rowland last night. I mean, he was pretty mind blowing I, last night. He's yeah. got the whole. And he, and he has a, a nice way of presenting it, right? You know, it, and and uh, it it's user friendly. I mean, people yeah. are drawn to it rather than like you know like this. They're like, oh, this well, guy, it's you so know, unusual now for young people. Yeah, you know, someone yes. in their twenties or thirties right. to really be into what we're into. It's I, a rarity, and, and I think that he has the. The, the the capacity of maybe drawing in that's what we have twenty for, somethings yeah. and thirty somethings we're like hoping. himself to go oh I dig what what's this right because right. They, exactly. many people have never heard it that's you know exactly what yeah, you know this yeah. great American art form that is right here that was in, created invented here and then you have a lot of Americans who don't even know what it is they're not aware I mean they're not even aware of the Mount Rushmore figures of the genre right like they right. you know they might have heard of a handful of them. B. You know, they might have heard of BB King. Probably maybe, heard of maybe um, Muddy Waters. May, maybe yeah. Muddy. I mean, and yeah, yeah. and then so, you know, in the modern yeah. day, maybe they've heard of uh, some of you know some Joe Bonamassa, some awesome. of the guitar yeah. hero guys, which is great. And and I know that a lot of those folks. I mean, Stevie Ray always tried to right. educate people about Albert King and and all these other people, and 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 Joe does the same thing, from what mm -hmm. I understand. I'm yeah. not that knowledgeable about what he does but right. i know that he um is self-aware enough that that he promotes where the music came from right um and and includes people like uh you know kirk and and other right. people in his right. um in what he's doing yeah so like i'm at a place right now where i could really use an injection of like 10 or, or 12 new new vehicles for the band. Right. And it's it gets to that point, but it's not easy, you know, coming up with a, it's basically a whole new show. Right. And so, you know, it's time maybe to make another record, which is always, you know, it, it really helps when you make a new record because you, you rejuvenate the whole thing and you basically have a, a new set or a new show. 
You know? Now, do you generally work, you pretty much seem to do a lot of your recordings with the same group of musicians, uh, uh, Steve Gomes on bass. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, Severn Records, run by David Earl, great person who's been huge for my career, uh, and, and a, a man with great ears and, and great skill as a producer, a great guitar player. He's a really mm -hmm. good guitar player. Um, so David Earl's concept with the Severn label, um, it was for some of the artists, not for all, but for several, for Daryl Newlish, for me, for, for even Kim Wilson when he came to the right. label, um, and Lou Pride, um, and several others, was to put together a kind of a house band right. in the mold of a Stax or a mm -hmm. High Records where David you know, had his, his go-to players that he felt really comfortable with and knew that they were eclectic enough and skilled enough to not to make the sound always the same, but to have guys that he really worked well with. So he right. had Rob Stupka uh, from yeah, the cities Rob. on yeah. drums. Great that goes back to yeah. uh, our discussion of Gary Primich. I mean, right. I was That's when I Gary Primich records. And I think I first those. I first heard Rob play with Gary. I remember, okay. and it was like, yeah. I was going, God, this guy's incredible. Yeah, and, and Rob yeah. is so, uh, I mean, versatile. I mean, he could play that straight ahead stuff yeah. behind Gary, but then he could do stuff behind Daryl Newlish, which which was right. straight up soul. Yeah, and anyway. Uh, so he had Rob do the on the drums, and and he had Steve Gomes on a lot of the records. And Steve was kind of a co-producer and also a co-writer on yeah, a lot of the yeah, stuff. He would yeah. bring. I mean, Steve, he is a writing fool. I mean, he he writes great songs. So, and then he had in the guitar chair. He had like Johnny Moeller involved, right. which, in fairness to Daryl, Rob, Steve, and Johnny. Were Daryl's band right? That was Texas Heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, but, but you know, they became this great session band for David. Right. And then he added other people. I mean, Willie Henderson came along with horn arrangements. Mm -hmm. Great Willie Henderson from from Chicago, who did right. Tyrone Davis. If I could turn back the hands of time, and can I change my mind? Those those were million sellers for Willie. Uh, as a producer and, and arranger. And then on the keyboards, we had Benji Parecki and Kevin Anker from Indianapolis. So it became like this, uh, a core yeah. unit. About four out of the last five records I did for Severn were with the Severn house band adding Alex Schultz right. on guitar. So David, like David Earl's thing was, yeah, you know, I want to use my house band, but if my artist has a particular ringer that he wants to bring in. Right. And in my case, it was Alex, because Alex Schultz and mm -hmm. I have made a lot of records together. Mm -hmm. And Alex produced my first record that Severn took. Oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Did You Ever Wonder was a record that Alex produced mm -hmm. on me. And then David, and then Alex said, you know, this guy David Earl in Maryland might be interested, and then he was. Well, and then David put that one out, but it was yeah. Alex's. So baby. you've been working with uh, with David for how long? We did our first record in 05. Oh, so, five. I did, so yeah, oh, yeah, seventeen did, years. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last record I did recorded in Memphis with the High Rhythm Section. I got a grant from the Indianapolis Arts uh, Council to go to Memphis. The original grant was, it's called an artist renewal grant. So they said, 
we want you to just go away from your that your day to day. Wow. We're gonna give you money to go away and like renew your creativity. And my thing was, I want to go to Memphis because I want to be where you know Memphis Soul was born and right. Southern Soul. Yeah. And 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 then I spoke to Scott Bomar and the great producer down in uh, in in Memphis who just co-wrote uh, William Bell's new new single and produced a lot of great stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and I spoke to John Namath and other friends and they said, man, while you're down in Memphis with this grant, why don't you, they, they, they said to me, you could hire some of the greats yeah. that are still there yeah. to make a record. Right. Like make, maybe make three or four tracks. Right. So then I mentioned it to David Earl and he said, you know what, man, I'll match the grant and why don't you make 10 tracks so we have wow. a record. Then I had to go back to the Arts Council and go, you know, this thing, would it be all right if I don't just go down there and like sit back and listen to music and juke joints, and, you know, but if I actually make a record, that'll be a, a commercial product because mm -hmm. that was a little outside of the grid. Right. And they said, put it in an email, you have our blessing. Wow. And so they allowed me to go down. And so I ended up working with, uh, the high rhythm section, basically. Awesome. So it was Charles yeah. Hodges, Leroy Hodges, Charles Hodges on Hammond, Leroy Hodges on bass, and Howard Grimes on drums. Basically, I had Al Green's band and Ann Peebles' band, Otis Clay's band, but without Teeny Hodges on guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And Joe Restivo had become kind of the go-to, one of the go-to guys in Memphis. Hmm. Great guitar player who kind yeah. of channels that, that vibe, Memphis yeah. vibe. Right. He And he's in the... Uh, Love Light Orchestra. Oh, right, with John. That's yeah. the guitar player. Yeah. So he's he really has a great thing. So I, and then I brought Kevin Anker from home, mm -hmm. from Indianapolis to to join in this venture. Mm -hmm. We spent a week at Scott Bomar's studio, Electrophonic on uh, Main Main Street in downtown Memphis, and we made my my most recent record, Real Street. Man, I can't wait to hear so, it. Well, that no, that's been out. That's been out. Oh, for okay. A while, that's, I, I could turn it out for sure. Okay, yep, good. Yep. So we did that. It was funny because we did a tune uh, that Ken Sadak and Kevin Anker and I had written called Changes. It's the opening track, mm -hmm. and when we were presenting it to the high rhythm section, you know, you always want to allude to some other tracks so they know well, what's the right. vibe. Right. So we said, it's kind of like trying to live my life without you, right. know, Otis Clay. And they go, right. oh, we were on that. Wow. You, know, you know, so they're like, we know that group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kept happening. That's amazing. I mean, I, pre I yeah. brought another very obscure turn, yeah. turn called Search Your Heart. Yeah. And they had played on the original back then. Wow. So, yeah, so that, that kept happening. Yeah. But, you know, it's a, it's a small world, I guess, when yeah. you're that much a part of... Uh, the, the fabric of a, of a scene like the high rhythm section were yeah. that if they weren't on the record you're talking about they they, they were at the session maybe right. listening to their buddy right. or right. they were aware of it you know That's in amazing. Some way. Yeah. so yeah I mean did yeah. you know Otis Clay pretty well um not really well I knew him you know, you know? Yeah. and Otis yeah. was the type of person I think that even if you knew him in passing he made you feel like you were like, a real like, friend and, yeah. and, and, yeah. and you he looked you in the eye and he, right. he you know, yeah. he he was a, just a, one of the most, you know, beautiful, spiritual people. Yeah. And he sang background on one of my records, David Earl oh, cool. called him in because Willie yeah. Henderson was doing horns and Willie Henderson and Otis were very close. Yeah. And, um, 
And then when I actually was producing something for House of Blues label in Chicago, we did a tribute to Janis Joplin and Otis was called in to do Peace of My Heart. Wow. The great Jerry Ragaboy yeah. classic. Right. And uh, which he killed. And, well, I bet. Oh yeah, yeah. it's a beautiful, and I, I that I, was that I, was Aretha's sister that did the original of that. Oh, her, uh, Irma, Irma Franklin. Irma Franklin. I think oh, so. Yeah. Oh, wasn't wow. it? Yeah. yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, that was, and what a great, yeah, the original. The original is amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Otis did that, and I brought in, uh, I kind of assembled the band for that project, um, which was Kevin McKendry, Alex Schultz. Um, I don't know. It was a, a bunch of Chicago guys, yeah. plus some friends that I brought in, right. and they cut behind Otis. So that was my another experience I had with with Otis Clay, um, in a professional setting. You right. know, produce. I was producing that track for some reason. I they, I ended up getting a call, and they said, "Could you put the band together?" And the record was going to have Otis Clay, and it was going to have Coco Taylor, and. Uh, Eddie James did Ball and Chain, and uh, and did you say you produced this record? I co-produced it. Wow! Although the Coco Taylor and the Lonnie Brooks tracks, Bruce Biglauer did. Okay, that was done separately. It was done. Separately. He didn't want to I come in right. to this band that we had assembled. Right. But I produced the Otis Clay track. Uh, the 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 other uh, producer, uh, Ira Antelis, um who I knew through the Chicago production scene. He did a lot of jingle music. Now, did you do jingles for a while? Yeah, yeah. When I lived in Chicago, when I moved there, I, I started, Freud doing, told me about I started doing blues yeah. clubs. Right. And then one day I just got a call and they said, can you come into the studio? We were doing a session. And I, I this was a world that I wasn't really aware of. Right. So I just showed up to the address, you know, this fancy area near near Michigan Avenue, you know, all these nice buildings and walk in and there's this beautiful studio and it was for a McDonald's commercial. I wow. started sing, you know, the good time, great taste of McDonald's or something. Right. And I did that and the next thing I know it's it's on the air, you know, playing nationally on TV and everything. And then one thing led to another and um, for, for a, a number of years, I was in that, that world. In yeah. that world where uh, you're getting called to do session work. And, wow. And, you know, I always say, you know, people say, oh, you know, I'm a purist. I only do this. I only do that. You know, a lot of the musicians I know, you, you, you're a gigger. Yeah. You get called work. to do yeah. a, a session yeah. and you get called to turn, put a tuxedo on and, sure. and croon yeah. at, at, at a wedding or whatever. I mean, I need to work. Right. And so the way I looked at yeah. it was uh, this is part of the way musicians are are paid in this culture. That's right. So I did that, yeah, I, I was doing that for, I did it for about 15 years. Wow. Um, where I, well, I mean, when I say that, I mean, I was active, like doing right. a lot of work. You know, if someone calls me right now, I'll go do it. Right. <laughs> but it's just that phase But you were gone. kind of in that, that circle. Exactly, yeah, in Chicago, the, the production yeah. scene, I was in that. Right. And, uh, and I, I was on a session one time that Sugar Blue was on. You know, oh, really? I was singing, huh. and he was blowing harp, huh. Huh. and I was on commercials with, uh, I mean, various people over the Skunk Baxter was on a commercial huh. I did. I wow. mean, various people in Chicago. Sometimes in Chicago, like, if they were doing a commercial and they wanted a bluesy feeling, well, you're in Chicago. They could call anyone. Yeah. You know, 
So they, they had a great talent pool. Sure, you know. of course. So in that respect, they didn't need to call like session musicians right. who were going to read a chart. Right. They just can call someone from the blues scene and say, hey, right. dude, you know, set up a groove and, right. you know, we're going to be selling Cheerios over it, yeah. whatever, you know. I remember my friend Jimmy Thackeray said, oh, that was that's when I knew the demise of our genre was upon us when I heard, you know, macaroni and cheese being sold with blah, 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 you know, right. and I said, well, you know, <laughs> you know, now hip hop, yeah, or, you know, right. in that. I mean, you can't escape it. Well, and the thing I is, mean, that it is popularity. It, it's kind of it, what yeah. comes with popularity. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we want our genre to be yeah. in the, in the, in the public consciousness yeah. and right. just, you know, but you're right. I mean, you're right about what you're talking about earlier about how small the slice is. Of yeah, what yeah. it is we do. I mean, we're we're in this really kind of, you know, uh, it's almost like something like old country or yeah, or you yeah. know bluegrass or something like that. I mean, it's yeah, it's not this giant, uh, you know, thing like rock and roll or right. I I almost feel like whenever I or rap or something. yeah. I mean, it's kind of like I I feel I know you right because, because we yeah. are in the same in the kind same of circle, community yeah. and we you know I'm hip right. to records you've been on right and you you you're hip to if not records I've been on then sidemen that oh he plays well, with I, Tad I, I kind of found out about you, know. you through Freud in, in, yeah. eight, in right. 89 or 90 okay you right because Steve and I go you know yeah. so far back you know I, I came up you know as a child of the 60s and listening to my brother's record collection right you know and listening to you know, when I when I was coming up, it was you know on the radio, Sam Cooke, Ray Charles, Eric Burden, you know the Beatles, the British right. Invasion, right. Motown, Stax, Bobby Darin. You know, you still yeah. had the 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 older. You must be the so same age as me. I'm a, I'm 66. Yeah, so we're the same age. 56. Yep. So you know that the was same my age. yeah that was you know my upbringing. Yeah, yeah, and that you know it's just kind of like oh I wanna I wanna sing. Right, right. Yeah, I heard all the rock groups. That was that yeah. was kind of what got me into blues. Was I heard, yeah. you know, the psychedelic bands in San Francisco, and yep. through them, I found out about all the blues guys. Yeah, and of course, you know, it, it even though I heard it on the radio earlier. Yeah, I heard like yeah. you know Slim Harpo and Jimmy Reed, oh, okay. sixty-five or something. When okay, I was, I, was I never yeah. got that dose. I have well, it was only because it was on R and B radio. Okay. Okay. Yeah, for some reason. Because what I was hearing, you know, in New York City on, you know, uh, basically on, a, on AM radio then. Right, that's what I'm was, thinking. Was, you know, you'd hear, you know, the Tijuana Brass followed by, you know, the Beatles followed by the Supremes, followed by the Four Tops, followed by Bobby Darren. You know, those were pop records. Yeah. And it was very eclectic. Really. Right. Yeah, this was yeah. more R&B radio my, in L.A. My, we weren't hip to that level that came later for me right actually saw buddy and junior when i was 12 oh, the very nice. first concert I oh ever went wow to. that's well that explains a lot i mean they were they were all, well they were all these rock acts <laughs> on it but they had buddy and junior oh they had albert king but they also had country joe and the fish and and the mothers and the birds wow. and, oh yeah it's a concert now yeah Woo. big brother and the holding company all these groups and this was in in pasadena the Rose Bowl. Nice. Yeah, Buddy and Junior were really happening back they then. They were really happening, but they, yeah, you know, they were like dressed in shark skin suits and he was doing all his James Brown stuff and and I wasn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that at 12 years yeah. old. Yeah, well, Junior. Yeah. yeah. He was, one thing about him, he was a very sparse harmonica player. 
Well, he was he a just played a few players. Oh, I mean, yeah. I love his playing, but yeah. he would really, I mean, tasteful to right. to a fault. Like some tunes, right. like that famous Viet Cong blues right, on right, Vanguard. Right. Like his, the whole moment, the whole solo is like one note. Right, <laughs> right, I mean, right. You know, and that's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. There's power behind that. Yeah. I, I that, you know, yeah, they he, were really kind he, of the first modern he had a lot blues of restraint. In a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember he told me that too. He said, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do with that harp is lay it down. Right. Because now He's I don't know if that a was a backward. You know, if he was saying stop playing, bro. <laughs> you don't sound it. But I took it to mean restraint. Right. Like, like you know, listening to the spaces. You know, mm -hmm. and, and to and uh, yeah, because we met. We I was in an Indiana band and we met at. Um, Teresa's. Right. We came up and, and uh, came to Teresa's and he had us come up and sit in. So he was cool. real, real sweetheart and everything. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, he was a good guy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of them that I met that, that weren't. I mean, right. when I came to Chicago, you know, the establishment blues players, I mean, there was nothing but welcoming. I mean, I didn't feel like ostracized or an outsider. A lot of musicians worry about their own employment, so they're not gonna really, they're not gonna diss you. It's like, this dude might hire me. Right, <laughs> you know? right, right. I think he's not very good, but he might hire me. No, I mean, right. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, that's Musicians, yeah. side men are generally gonna yeah. be gracious. They're gonna be, yeah. they're gonna realize that, you know, yeah. this guy might be one of the people who right. hires me five, eight, 10 times a year. Exactly. In, in a community like Chicago, yeah. where yeah. there's a lot of work and then there's yeah. a talent pool and you end up working with everybody. Yeah. You know. Well, that's what's interesting. Nature. I mean, one of the things I love about, you know, hanging with the Cotton guys or you or, mm -hmm. you know, all the all the Chicago people, because I've, I've always been fixated with Chicago. I mean, because yeah. of the blues. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and it's like, you realize there's this, and it's the same in the Bay. We all work mm -hmm. with each other. Right. Everyone that, knows that's everybody because I, of that. That's a scene that's really like just become so strong. It's thriving. I mean, with Kid yeah. Anderson yeah. and you and, yeah. and, 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 and Aki Kumar has had a lot Aki, to do with it. Yeah. And, and the, you know, they yeah. really injected a... Yeah, the like South Bay, there's energy. something that happened in the South Bay with when Kid started doing the studio and Aki started doing like these jam sessions and stuff, it just kind of has blown up in terms of the the amount of, and there's a lot of young people. Again, mm -hmm. we're talking about young mm -hmm. people. There's mm -hmm. a lot of youngsters mm -hmm. in the area that are really starting to kind of get out there. And yeah, really I'd cool. really like to get out there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I have a you know a fantasy of, of getting with uh, those guys and with doing kids some and recording yeah. and you should. his studio set up because- yeah. They're perfect the for stuff. You. I mean, I you know, it, it all is, you need to bring the goods, you know, no matter who you're working with, you know, you need to bring songs that can inspire the cats. Otherwise, right. you know, just saying 12 bar blues, start on the five in the key of, you know. Right, it's flat. not really gonna get it. You better be some yeah. bad monster guy to just really get over there. It's, yeah. You have to have something. Yeah. But I would, you know, there. but the thing is there are teams in different parts of the, yeah. the world. Even, That's right. That I, you know, it'd be yeah. fun to work with. And so yeah. it gives you an incentive to, you know, get up every day and, and keep being creative. Well, like we were talking about the thing about Europe, and I mean, it was interesting when you were talking about, you know, you were working with Urkon and his, and his family and mm -hmm. that group, mm -hmm. and how working with a band over in Europe, yeah. 
is different than bringing your own guys over? What would you say the difference is? Because I found well, that experience interesting too. Yeah, I mean, there's, well, first of all, I mean, it has to be said that oftentimes it's it's a financial consideration. Right. Like there are tours or festivals that say, look, we love you, but we can't afford to fly your five, five guys, unit yeah, out right. and, and house you and hotel you and feed you and have you here for a week. I mean, mm -hmm. so, you know, and that some sometimes gets involved with how big you are, how, what your stature is as an artist. Right. I, I mean, I'm at this place where sometimes I'll, you know, the, the, the festival is such that they want the whole right. thing. Yeah. And, but other times I will get proposals from folks over there. It's like, hey, we'd like to bring you, mm -hmm. but we have a, a great group mm -hmm. and they have backed many artists right. and they will learn your stuff and you know, you'll get there a day early, you'll rehearse. Um, they, they're conversant in blue, you know. Which it didn't used to be. And some of yeah, these folks, I mean, look, Kid Anderson yeah. is yeah, he's from Norway, Norwegian, yeah, right? right? And and um, Igor Prado, yeah. Igor Prado is one of you know yeah. these up and coming. Uh, I have found that Tommy Lino and them, yeah, yeah in yeah. In, uh, in Finland, they're great, great. great they're great musicians, yeah. and they're really wrapped up in American roots. They music. sure are, yeah. and they, I mean, they could talk all day about, you know, the the recordings and right. get deep into it. Right. They have a great appreciation for it and they play the stuff for keeps. I mean, they sure do. I mean, I've heard Kim Wilson talk about uh, some of the European musicians um, uh, that that he's hip to and just totally give it up and say, yeah. these, these cats are, yeah. are, are the real deal. Yeah, they are. You know, so I'm, it's yeah. not me saying it. Right. It's some of the people who are yeah. in the higher echelon yeah. who, are, who are saying, yeah. These cats can really play American blues yeah. well. So well, anyway, my friend, my friend yeah. Wes Weston is yeah. okay. A yeah, great always harp a great harp player. Great Steve, harp player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My age is showing. There are some names that I really want to throw out of my European cohort. The Suitcase Brothers. Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're, they're the other ones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're but my yeah. Finnish friends who I just worked with, Jaska Prepula and Yuri Pavla, Yanni Kulavara. I mean. And Tommy Leno and, and yeah. people like that. And then in Germany, the Blues Jacks, you know, the All Brothers, and just go on down the list. Yeah. Um, the experience is really good because basically I have brothers over there that, you know, are really great friends of mine now. Right. That I tour with occasionally. They learn, uh, the Erkan Ozdemir uh, and his sons, Erkan is my agent, but he's also a great bass player. And he's, he's put together a band that he can book me for a couple weeks and he can back me. Right. And he's wonderful. And, and, and Alberto Marsico, we were right. talking about the right. Hammond player in Italy. Yeah, and then him All and these little cells. Yeah. I just did a record with Lars Kuchka, who is a, who's a German guitarist from Dresden. And he's a beautiful player. Yeah. He works a lot with Sherry Williams and uh, who's an American who goes over there to tour. So it's, yeah, it's all part of, making a living in this business for me. And, and you, you know, know, here's what I like, is when you're hanging with the European musicians, you get this real taste of the country yeah. that oh, you yeah. don't get yeah. when you're in your insulated American band. Yeah, oh, very, you yeah. know, it's kind yeah. of a different, That's it's true. a different That's way to true. tour. Yeah, it is, it's a yeah. very, it's a great way to tour. I mean, even when you're an American band touring, your driver usually is that person yeah. who's gonna help you yeah. with the yeah. locals. But, but yeah, and it's, 
And another thing is, you hear the dirt on the Americans who were bad. We didn't treat the cats right over there. Which we love to hear. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you got to watch your P's and Q's because, right. you know, uh, the next thing you know, these guys are like headlining festivals here. Right, right. <laughs> you know, you're like, can I work with you? You know, exactly. so, I mean, it's all family. Yeah. I mean, I, I love it. I, I like the experience. It's a different animal than having a band that is one one for all, all for one. Right. And that's fantastic too, and nothing can beat that cohesion and mm -hmm. that, that strength and power walking out on the stage. And well, that's band. what I really got from the Cotton guys hanging around with them because they really are like, they are a band of brothers. I yeah. mean, these guys yeah. had worked right. together so much oh, yeah. Yeah. with James, and it was like, yeah. man, he knew how to put together a band. And I'll tell you, else. man, you, you do that that repertoire is so solid. I mean, I wait till, I, wait till I, the night. I know, but I saw it on video. I already <laughs> heard you do like Creeper, and yeah, and it, you yeah. know, it's well, so. I mean, James Cotton, you know, was just you know, he was such one, a power one of house, the heavies you know? ever. Yeah, uh, musician, yeah. not even harp player. Yeah, you know, and that you that you have. Oh, brought man, his repertoire yeah. back, and and that you're able to get. I, I get love into championing, that and, championing, yeah. you know, somebody I'm, like I'm James really, because I really admire you for doing yeah, that. Yeah, he was really people. my my main. He was my main guy, man. The last the time, time I, I heard him was with Hubert yeah. Sumlin in uh, Lucerne, right? The Lucerne Blues Festival, and it was yeah. uh, Hubert and James were up there yeah. together, and that was uh, that's special. That, that was uh, that was because those guys go back to being kids together. Wow. Yeah. 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 In Arkansas and, yeah. and, and Mississippi, okay. yeah. yeah, they were they yeah. were a team before Wolf. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. They created so, yeah. they created the music, and they and they, they were the ones yeah. that uh, that that put the breadcrumbs out for everybody to follow to right. kind of try to figure this stuff out. It's a nice. Well, thanks again, good, man. Good talking with you. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to hear you tonight. Likewise, man. It's All right. Good. Okay. Fun. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.